This is the Infatuation Podcast, where I get together with a few friends and talk about Asian things and Asian people that we love. I'm your host, Curtis, and on today's episode, we'll be doing part two of our episode on music. Hey everyone, before we get started on part two of our session with Christy and Tani, I wanted to take a minute to give a quick shout out to some folks who wrote to say hi. Thanks to Brian. Brian, thanks for writing in. You were the first person to actually use the infatuation podcast at gmail.com email. So, hey, you're first, bud. And Amy, thank you for taking some time to write in. Uh, I really appreciated your kind words. Thank you for that. John, John messaged me on Facebook. Gave me some great feedback, and so it's always good to hear how I can improve things that you like. Thank you so much for that. Also, Leah wrote in and said that she was going to recommend us to her friend Angela. Angela, are you listening? Are you out there, Angela? Come say hi, too. (laughs) But thanks, Leah, not just for listening, but for recommending us to your friends. The rest of you can do that, too, please. That would help us so much. If you think there's someone out there that might like our podcast, please. Send them a note. Tell them to to find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever they get their podcasts. Thank you, Leah. Also, Yvette, Wendy, Holly, you shared my post on Instagram. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Recommending us to other people. That really helps us. Really helps us. And bye. Bye wrote in. Hi, bye. Hey, bye. (laughs) Chrissy says hi, too. We miss you, and thanks for your kind words. Also, my my friend Glenn wrote, and he said that he uh, would be more than willing to drive by and drop off some balut to me. Um, Thanks, Glenn, but you know what? I think I'm going to pass on that offer so that other people can enjoy the Filipino delicacy of balut. But thank you so much for offering, Glenn. That was really kind of you. Uh, We also got some some good-natured criticism. My friend Ron wrote and said, hey, man, where's the South Asian food? I know, I know. We got to get out there and do another food episode. Got to mix it up a little bit. I I know there. Uh, I need some recommendations for maybe some good Indian food, Bengali food, Vietnamese, Thai, Filipino, Central Asian, Mongolian. There's so much Asian food that we got to get out there and try. So, yeah, next food episode, uh, we'll try to mix it up a little bit. So, thanks for that, Ron. Also, my, my cousin Brett wrote in and said, "Hey." How are you going to talk about Asian food for over an hour and not mention sushi? I got it. I got it. I know. I know. That was a travesty. And I know there's a ton of sushi lovers out there. So go ahead. Send me your sushi restaurants that you want to recommend to others. And I'll make sure to give them a shout out. Uh, you know, not only that, I'll, I'll try them because uh, I definitely live with a couple sushi lovers here. Special thanks to Nadira. Nadira, hey. From episode number one, she um, she lives in Australia, as you heard, but she has friends and family all over the world. So we got listeners in Australia, Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, Indonesia. So thanks, Nadira, for being our international correspondent. Uh, I hope that your friends have stuck around and listened to us. And Nadir also went on to mention that uh, Coco Lee, of course, of course, Coco Lee did the uh, end credit song on the Asian version of Mulan, and she even voiced... She even voiced a Mulan character. So in America, we had Christina, you know, Disney, right? So we had Christina Aguilera do the end credit song. But uh, overseas, Taiwan, Hong Kong, China, you guys got Coco. So that's pretty cool. So thank you for reminding me of that, Nadira. Also, um, 
special shout out to my podcast heroes and mentors over at K Drama My Eyes Out. They uh, were kind of our inspiration for doing this podcast, and they gave us a nice on air plug last week. So, so much love for them. Uh, if you if you do like K dramas, check them out. K Drama My Eyes Out at all the regular places you get podcasts. Uh, they are much more of experts than we are. So yeah, give them a listen. Uh, thanks for the shout out. Let's see, did I miss anyone? Uh, let's see. Oh, Yu Ming. Yu Ming, uh, Yu Ming actually agreed to be my bounce. <laughs> She's going to let me bounce ideas off of her. And so that's what we need. I need people to let me know how to make this thing better. It's kind of lonely down here in the Infatuation recording studio, aka my basement. So it's good to have some fresh ears letting me know how we can improve and letting me know what you guys might want to hear. So yeah, send me input on anything that you want to hear us do. We have some exciting episodes coming up, but uh, I can always use more ideas. All right. Well, that's it for the shout outs. Thank you all for writing in or messaging me. Uh, the rest of you can do so, uh, Facebook Messenger, or you can also email me at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. But let's get back to the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about music. And so here is episode number 4.2. Thanks, everyone. And we're back. This is part two of our episode on music. Welcome back, everyone. Hi. Last week was super fun. I had uh, such a good time listening to the songs that you guys recommended. I hope everyone out there had fun listening to it as well. And we're going to make some more picks this week, but before we do, I wanted to take a minute to get to know our two co-hosts better. We are rejoined by my friends Christy and Tani, and I have a question for both of you. How did you get into music? Or, in other words, when did you know that music was going to be a big part of your life? I mean, I mentioned that I took piano when I was a kid, like many other Asian children. Uh, that did not tell me that music was going to be big in my life. I hated it. Funny story, apparently, and I don't have any recollection of this, but apparently at one point I was like such a brat, did not want to go to piano lessons. My mom told me that they had, she had offered me a bribe, basically, I'll give you 50 cents if you go to your lesson every week. And one week I came to her and I gave her 50 cents and I said, now I don't have to go. <laughs> so, so it was a auspicious start. Right. But I would say I was always into like listening, like as a kid, there weren't a lot of musical influences that I was really allowed to listen to, except like soft rock in the car when we're driving somewhere or, you know, like church music and whatever. But I was really into the music that I was exposed to. Uh, my parents would comment on like I learned lyrics really quickly to the soft rock stations that we were listening to. I'd be like singing along and they'd be like, how do you know this song? Like, I we listen to it. It's here. I don't know. You're listening to it too. Why don't you know the words? Um, uh, but like in church, I was doing like choir and things like that. So I was always like surrounded by music. But I would say it probably wasn't until like middle school when I really got into playing it myself. Um, started to learn how to play guitar a little late middle school, I think, um, and just singing in school. It was in a musical in middle school and stuff like that. Uh, Brigida in Sound of Music, yes. um but i would say maybe middle school high school is when i was start really getting into it as a fan like learning about my own taste in music and being able to pick what i listened uh, to and then um in high school just getting into playing with friends and stuff like that yeah all right and then i i know you 
you love going to concerts <laughs> and funny story. So uh, Christy and I were working at school together and, and the kids noticed that you always ate peanut butter jelly sandwiches for lunch every day. And one day they asked you, why do you always eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day? And you said, well, I like to go to concerts, <laughs> so I'm saving money so that I can go to concerts. Is that, is that basically true? That uh, I mean, I would say a large part of my uh, spending money is spent on concerts. Yeah, pre-pandemic, I probably went to like, I would say three or four shows a month, kind of like once a week, but usually it wasn't once a week. It was like three in a week and then a couple weeks off. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> rock and roll lifestyle yeah no like a tuesday yeah, night yeah. i see you posting on instagram i'm like whoa okay and i'll probably get into it later but i also have like i play in bands but also i'm friends with a lot of musicians so a lot of it is not you know seeing the big headliners but going to see my friends bands play when they're opening up for someone else and things like that so. yeah cool how about you tony when did you first realize you're getting into music my earliest memories babysitter was over i was probably like five years old my brothers and I at home um, listening to the radio and Cool in the Gang Celebration was like the big hit at the time. It's going to date me, I know. Um, but <laughs> remembering like wanting to dial in to request that song, like and call it like back when we had to dial in and you can call and request songs. As a little kid, I remember like feeling the excitement of doing that. So that's the, like one of my earliest memories. And then piano lessons, just like you, Christy, I started pretty young. I never practiced. I, I, I hated it. Did you pay to get out of it? <laughs> I did not. I did not. I, you know, but I do have memories of, of being scolded quite, um, you know, quite viciously by <laughs> my mother to practice throughout like all the 12 years that, that I, that I took it. But the theory of music and, and taking those lessons I take, you know, I took into DJing and, and that's kind of like, I can't sing. Um, I've always wanted to try other instruments, but I never really did. But when I discovered DJing and, you know, turntables and vinyl, the music theory definitely helped me with with mixing and, and being able to like put song to song together. And then when you see the crowd and how they react when you go from one to the next and then being able to be that guy to like pick the songs that are going to make the people on the floor re react. Um, that feeling is just like. You know, and I, you know, I was I was not a big time like club DJ or anything like that. Like we're talking like high schools, um, college frat parties, eventually into weddings and things like that. But just I was friends and peers with a lot of like the radio DJs and things. It transferred from DJing into the whole executive production and like from having an ear for music to having an eye for talent, an ear and an eye for talent to be able to like pick one artist that I could work with or a group that I could work with. And that's how it led to one voice. And, and there, you know, there was some minor success there. So, yeah, I mean, the earliest memories were, you know, just the love of the song and hearing a song that I loved and, and getting excited about that. So I feel like we should put in a little caveat. Parents who are listening right now, we are not saying don't put your kids in piano lessons. That, that's that's the big thing that I'm going through <laughs> with my kids right now. I've got I've got a daughter who is like fighting me on it right now. I, I don't like it. Why are you making me do this? And in my mind, I know that I didn't like it, but there something Absolutely. good came from it, right? Like and and I know my kids love music, but forcing them into piano, it's like, do I do that or not? Like I it happened to me, it happened to you. Good mm -hmm. things came of it. And I think piano lessons, there's benefits to it no matter what. Sure. So 
I don't know. You know, we'll see how it leads. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I didn't last very long either. I took piano lessons, but I, my mom wasn't real militant. She was she was like, if if you don't like it, don't do it. So I quit after like two years. But like you said, uh, it laid the groundwork. So I played band in middle school, and then in college I picked up a guitar. And and yeah, the theory, the rhythms, you know, the time signatures, that kind of stuff was all from the first couple of years of piano, you know, learning how to read music mm-hmm. a little bit. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I did it. And my, my kids are doing it, you know, I'm making them do it, but they actually kind of like it. So, so no, no torture needed <laughs> for them, but, but yeah, if you get, I don't know. I agree with you, Christy. I think, I think parents should, should try at least you got to try. We are going to get back into our request in a minute, but before we do that, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about some things that are happening in the world positively uh, through Asian musicians. And the first one I want to mention is a Korean-American jazz saxophone player uh, named Jordan Van Hemert. He he was adopted, but he identifies as a Korean-American. He's at a New Hope College in Holland, Michigan, and he teaches jazz and saxophone there. And he has a new album that he wrote during this pandemic. And um, several months ago, as well as just ongoing, there have been a slew of attacks against Asian Americans, especially elderly Asian Americans. And if you are a human with any kind of soul, these attacks bothered you. But especially if you are Asian American, these attacks hit you a little different, right? And so... Jordan Van Hemert felt the same way about this, and so he he decided to communicate through his music. So he wrote a song on his new album called I Am Not a Virus, and it is just a a response. It's just his way of communicating what what we're all kind of feeling. And so here's a little snippet of it. It's called I Am Not a Virus by Jordan Van Hemert. yeah i'm not a virus by jordan van hemert just another way that we can communicate music is powerful like that there's not even words necessary because the music speaks for itself so thank you for that jordan and tani i think you also along the same vein you kind of have a recommendation for us yeah i mean when when i saw you uh kind of mentioning this um with the whole um movement i guess you could say there there was an asian american history album that was released last month by jason chu and alan z called face value uh hip-hop album um they have a lot of guests on there um some some uh i guess you could call it fairly notable guests um ruby ibarra she's a filipino american rappers on there um dante bosco um participates there you go see yep he's he's on there with them um ronnie cheng uh does the outro so 
off the top of my head, you know, they've got some great producers on there. But the cool thing about that is that they, they talk a lot about Asian American history. Mm. There it is. Model minority. Divide between us and the black brothers. You got admitted to dominant white college. Still, you ain't valid for most of them white collars. Southeast Asian dark cousins drive down the streets, police radio buzzing. Gaslighted to thinking we made progress. Still, they killed Christian Hall and said nothing. Shh. Not a model, not a monolith. Hey, not a pawn for your politics. Nah, learn from Gandhi and these guys came to Traverse Music Group uh, through um, through a mutual acquaintance um, at Tractivist, Richie Richie Tractivist, which is an Asian American um, website for music. Um, you can find a, a lot of like Asian American artists on there. But this was this was cool because you know last month being uh, Asian American History Month. Um, they put this together and we were able to distribute it and uh, help these guys out. And um, it's been exciting seeing it grow. Yeah, it's good. All right. Thanks for plugging that. All right. So we're picking up. Those are a couple, couple projects that we, that kind of caught our eye as something that uh, you might want to listen to. You might want to just hear what they're saying. They're, they're giving us a voice, which I love, which I love. I like it. I've been listening to it. Good picks. All right, we're going to get into um, kind of another segment. We had talked about some some people that we thought were in the past influential and currently huge, like Town uh, the Town the Get Down, Japanese Breakfast, Nikki and the Eighty Eight Rising, her and Olivia Rodrigo, and now we're getting into some. Now I actually really like this this segment here. We're talking about artists that you should be listening to. Uh, maybe you've never heard of them. Maybe they've been around for a while. Maybe they're new, but maybe they're only on YouTube. But uh, we wanted to recommend some some people to add to your playlist and give them a listen. Uh, Tony, why don't you start us off on this this category? Anyone we should be listening to? One that I've been listening to recently. He's been around for a while. I think he started in in '08. Mm-hmm. The band's called Tim Be Told. You know, he, he's he's Asian American. He's got a, a really interesting story behind him. You know, up up until now, like during the pandemic, he released um, his latest album called Love and Happiness. I highly recommend checking it out. It's good stuff. I was watching over you And I heard it when you called for help Underneath the sky that fell When you lost you Yeah, uh, he, he's been independent the whole time. He had an opportunity at, at one point to get signed, but decided uh, he wanted to keep his creative freedom and not be tied to, uh, you know, to anyone telling him how to create his music. And so um, his new music, his new album, Love and Happiness, came out during the pandemic in, in uh, June of, of uh, 20. He just released the single, it's, it's like, and um, it got reposted yesterday. Um by Jeremy Lin on Instagram. Yeah, and, and he's on he's on a little bit of a journey himself, right? Like he started out as a Christian band, um, doing doing some some music with some friends, and they were they a fair amount of success. And then he and then he came out he, he came out as gay, mm-hmm. and it was really divisive, you know, in the Christian world. Yeah, like it was 2017. He came out, and then he, he tells the story 
you know, obviously like I, I know him and, and uh, met him like right before the pandemic. And yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot happened when he came out um, within his church and um, you know, he, he, he lost a lot of fans and he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to come back or if he even wanted to do music. He felt a lot of the, uh, not, not necessarily responsibility, but it, it came from, from, from him coming out. Um, so this latest album actually is his first since then. Um, he's he's at a place now where um, you know he's he's yeah, super happy, uh, loves what he's doing, and um, and this latest song actually uh, it's called "Watching Over You." The one that Jeremy Lin posted is for a compilation for Beloved Arise is what what it's called. Um, they they put it out and uh, it's it's all leading up to Queer Youth hmm. of Faith Day, which is uh, June thirtieth. Yeah. So by the time this podcast comes out, it would have passed, but. Uh, he's, you know, he's very active. What he had said was that he wants to help people like himself reclaim their faith. I think that's, that was, that's a term that he's used, but. Um, that's amazing. I had lost track of him since Tim Mutual first came out, um, which I was connected to through friends from Wheaton College. Like, I think one of my friends actually did like his early music videos or something, but uh, that's amazing to hear his journey and that he's, you know, kind of gone through this valley and can help other people in his similar situations that's great yeah. to hear yeah yeah he's originally from virginia but he's now in the bay area as well so you know that bay area <laughs> connection somehow yeah it's been a cool friendship and i, I have been listening to you. so i'm not selfishly like naming him just because i know him but i kind of am but his music is great yeah no good rec i like this pick uh christy who do you have for us on someone that we should be listening to that we may not be listening to yeah so uh, my pick is magic magic um the magic magic orchestra is um started by my friend mina Choi, a bay area musician hey hey bay area hey, um, i love it man she graduated from the sf conservatory and started the magic magic orchestra which is a dial-up orchestra which is basically if any artists want an orchestra or a certain, you know, anywhere from like a duet or quartet to a full orchestra to play on a record or in a show that they're playing, they can contact the Magic Magic Orchestra and they have members um, that they dial in to play for different shows and for recording sessions and stuff like that. But she's also a musician and composer. And so she, they did a solo record, which is just their own music. So they're featured on a lot of artists like Death Cab for Cutie, John Vanderslice, like a bunch of other bigger artists. But this is their first like solo work. So uh, Magic Magic, self-titled album, Magic Magic. Um, and I think the song you're picking is... Circuitry. And it's magic spelled with a K. never heard of that dial-up orchestra how cool is that to be part of a dial-up yeah when when i clicked the link that you sent christy i was like wow like i i really i've I've appreciated (laughs) hearing you know new music that i wasn't aware of and so mina mina Choi, the founder she is korean american um, grew up in Berkeley and Maryland, so Maryland and East Coast connection. <laughs> I didn't actually know her in Maryland, but uh, we met when we were in California. Um, and her, yeah, Korean American, 
and her parents actually live in Korea, so they're actually at my apartment right now because they're visiting and they need a place to stay. So while I'm here, Mina's parents are at my apartment. All right. Yeah. Man, this, the connections run deep with these this group right now. The connections are everywhere. All right. I have no connection to my... <laughs> I've never met this person. I've never even uh, heard of her before. She randomly showed up on a playlist. You know, I like that when I'm on Spotify. Sometimes I'll... I'll just click someone else's playlist and I'll, I'll let it play. And, and this person is named Lucy Park. Uh, she she kind of, you know, she, well, I'll let you listen to her. Here she is. This is her song, Rain. Walk in the water, holding you near high. Hoping if God don't break you, we can stay right here. Cause your love is like rain on my skin. It's and like Tanya was saying if, if I didn't tell you she was Korean you wouldn't know she's Korean she's just smooth no uh, hold on I want to dig into this what do you mean what would a Korean person sound like Curtis but all I'm saying is that um, that you know I think I guess music is just such an international language that back in the day you know, if you listen to a little Andy Lau or a little Vivian, you know, or a little Wong Fei, you would know they were Chinese, right? You just listen to them and you would know. But now music is so universal or, or you know, songs are so universal now that I think when you hear someone and I say, oh, who's this? I said, Lucy Park. You, you might be a little surprised that she's Korean. I don't know. Would you? No? Just me? <laughs> one, one of the debates in, in my mind has always been like, um, when it comes to Asian American music, it's like it's always Asians doing whether it's American, you know, like the style of music that you're doing. It's it's not traditionally Asian. Right. So there's no sound that you could yeah. you could say, you know, Asian Americans were doing. And so it's it's always doing R&B or doing pop or doing this or doing that. And it's so that that makes it a little bit harder to kind of put a place for Asian Americans in music, I guess, you know, like. At, at least back when I, you know, back early 2000, it was like, how, how do you break through? How do you, you know, and, and why, why aren't more breaking through? And, you know, sometimes, so, so there are some people that, that try to incorporate more of the Asian instruments into it, but to do it well and to make it sound mainstream or, or however way you want to put it, you know, like that's, that's always been kind of a, a debate running through my own mind, you know, like how, how do you personify Asians or Asian Americans in music outside of just Asians doing pop music and then they make it big. And it's coming kind of full circle. Like when I, you know, I went to Hong Kong in the nineties and they were doing a lot of covers, you know, you'd be in a, a Hong Kong cafe and you would hear the cranberries sung by Wong Fei, right. Or you'd hear, you know, these covers that Hong Kong artists would do of American songs. And now with the, you know, we can't do a, a Asian music podcast without talking about K-pop, but now with the, the mega bands like Blackpink and BTS and, you know, twice, and these groups coming out of Asia are, are having their influence on America now. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's producers looking at what they're doing in Korea and looking at what they're doing elsewhere and, and saying, man, we should be doing that too. You know? And so it's kind of coming full circle where, yeah, there, there is no, there's no necessarily Asian sound anymore. It's it's kind of just become music. It's just become sound, you know, like that sounds good and people like it and it doesn't matter who's singing it. It just sounds good. So, 
I mean, I think you you clarified a little bit about also like not just the singer sounding Korean, but like the instrumentation and the recording quality like that. Yes, it's it's you can't tell that it's not coming from another country, maybe. But. Yeah, you called me out on that one. I don't know what a what a Korean singer sounds like, Christy. But yeah, you're right. I have no defense for what I said. I should have just said I like Lucy Park because she's a good singer and because she's a great musician and buy her record if you can. There's a couple other sounds that that Tani recommended. Who else you got for us, Tani? Um, okay, so one artist that I found recently, her name's Tatiana Manawis. Um, she's Filipino, part Filipino-American. I, she, I don't know a lot about her because there's not a lot about her personal life that you can find online, but she started as a YouTube singer, and it looks like she's been independent all along, but she's got huge YouTube following, um, like mm-hmm. 914,000 YouTube, um, her Spotify. Um, so I, I don't know a lot about her, but I just had to mention her because, you know, she's one that looks like yeah. has done it herself, like independent. She's good. This is Helplessly, Tatiana Manos. No, if I'm saying that right. Sorry, Tatiana. It's not that easy with you here, but I know I want you to stay. See, this could be us in a few years, but just let me, you like to play. It's like every day I'm kicking rocks. I could fly away, but you got me at a complete stop. How do you? Managed to keep me going But somehow you keep me from going See you distract me But I'm distracted without you I don't know how to focus Baby, teach me how to Cause I'm standing still again But if you love me Just like the way that I That was Tatiana Manaus I still don't know if I'm saying that right But she's from... Just watching her video, she's from San Francisco. Man, the Bay Area is a bustling with new Asian artists. So hopefully you listeners out there are finding some new ones. That's our that's kind of our goal here to introduce you to some things. Christy, got one more for us? Yeah, earlier we were talking and someone that popped into my head that I hadn't mentioned before, so this is a good place to mention, is MC Jin. Um, one of the first American rapper, American, Asian American rappers to be signed into a major label. Um, I don't know if he still is, but at some, at, when I was listening to him in college, he was signed as a Rough Riders, which is like, you know, up there, not just like some little. Um, and yeah. he came to my college. So I met him when I was in college, have a picture with him. But uh, MC Jin, who apparently is still doing some stuff, and Tani was talking about the project with Tim Be Told. He, that was in 2016. But uh, so he, they, they work together. Uh, MC Jin actually uh, has a song with Wyclef that just came out last month. So that that's on, uh, you know, Spotify playlist. Yeah. So this is Stop the Hatred by MC Jin, Wyclef Jin. Away at the top of last year at the funeral drowning because I couldn't hold back tears. But after all that's happened this past year, part of me sees grace in the fact that she's not here. As a grandson, this statement's a fact. No elderly should ever be victim of such a heinous attack. Pray on the weak, only cowards would take advantage of that. No more staying meek, it's time to take a stand and react. A simple trip to the market, thought the streets were safe. Turn targets, I speak up for my people's sake from this pandemic. I'm hopeful that we'll yeah, see Yeah, but I just remember listening to him in college and being like, 
it would have been that question to the first time you saw someone like you, but this was in like rap and R and B. Like this was a big thing. Yes. This guy getting signed to Rough Riders yeah. like blew my mind. And his like catchphrase is yeah, which is my my people. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a trailblazer for, for the for the community. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully we we open your eyes or open your ears to a couple new tunes that you might not have heard of or some artists that you might not have heard of. Um, at the end here, I wanted to give you guys any any closing thoughts on Asian music. We've touched on a, a couple different topics, but any, any thoughts you have on Asian music, Asian American music? I think it's great to see us represented in different fields, like not just classical music, but now into more pop, R&B, hip hop, rap, indie. Like it's it's great that we can be um, starting to be represented more. Yeah. Not just your yo-yo, not just your yo-yo mods, like, <laughs> you know, and no, no flack to him. Like he's great. <laughs> right. And I think just the quality of, of music coming out now, uh, it's, it's a lot, a lot of progress from, you know, I started out in 2000, you know, I missed a good chunk of it in the middle, that whole YouTube generation that really kicked things off. There's a lot of other Asian American artists that came out of that, that we probably didn't mention on this podcast, but the quality of music now is a lot, a lot, a lot more advanced. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much to say in terms of, I've said most of my piece, but I just, I'm just happy, you know, I'm happy to see people out there i'm happy to listen to it happy to buy it if i can you know or see them live would be even better but yeah like i said for our, for the next generation for my kids your kids uh I, i'm just hoping that they see more people like them on on shows on on spotify on youtube you know this is really an exciting time i think and i'm glad to be able to do this to to maybe get someone to try them they haven't tried before so thank you for for sharing your insights with us um just on the on the outro here, uh, we are supposed to pick a winner for the book giveaway. Um, let me see. I gotta I gotta do this spontaneously. All right. So as I mentioned on our last podcast, I I I said if you write me an email, I will pick one of you lucky winners out there, one of you lucky listeners out there, to win my copy of Crying in H Mart. And so we had a few. And so uh, let me do in front of Tani and Christy to, to prove that I'm not a shyster. And I'm gonna, I wrote their names on these pieces of paper, and I'm going to pick the winner. Thank you for writing in. Please write in so I know who's out there. Whoever is in Ohio, write me. I don't know who you are. Like most, most people in the Bay Area are probably friends or family, right? But someone in Ohio is downloading this podcast, and I want to know who it is. So here's the winner. The winner is... Amy. All right. Thank you, Amy, for writing in uh, to the Infatuation Podcast. I will get your I will get your mailing information uh, sometime and we'll get you that book. But thank you for listening. Everyone out there, please write in. Let us know who you are, especially you in Ohio. I got uh, a few in Ohio, a couple in Nevada, you know, like 13 downloads in Nevada. Who, who's in Nevada? Do I know anyone in Nevada? I don't know. But I hope you're Maybe enjoying the podcast. traveling. Maybe. Or the VPN is, <laughs> is showing me that they're in Ohio. But I don't know. If you're in Ohio or Nevada, Massachusetts, uh, Singapore, India, wherever you are, we have international listeners, whoever you are, come right in. I will not put you on a, a list. Don't worry. It's just me in my basement. There's no, there's no marketing list. There's, no, uh, there's no evil intent to collecting your email addresses. I will not sell your information. 
But write to me just to let me know you're out there. You can message me too on Facebook. Up to you. But until next time, I want to thank you, my guests again. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Tani. Um, there's going to be more episodes coming soon. We're recording one on the Olympics. We're going to record a couple on YouTube. Uh, I just figured out an episode we're going to do on Shang-Chi, the uh, Marvel movie coming out. So we're going to talk about that one. Uh, some more books we're reading. So there's new stuff in the works coming down the pike. So uh, on, ha- on behalf of Christy, Tani, and myself, we hope you all are all happy, healthy, and safe. Thanks so much for listening, and talk to you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>